episode 63. Harry scrambled to his feet, hiding the fire. If someone saw Sirius's face within the walls of Hogwarts, they would raise an almighty uproar. The ministry would get dragged in. He, Harry, would be questioned about Sirius's whereabouts. Harry heard a tiny in the fire behind him and knew Sirius had gone. He watched the bottom of the spiral staircase. Who had decided to go for a stroll at one o'clock in the morning and stopped Sirius telling him how to get past a dragon? It was Ron. Dressed in his maroon paisley pajamas, Ron stopped dead facing Harry across the room and looked around. Who are you talking to, he said. What's that got to do with you, Harry snarled. What are you doing down here at this time of night? I just wondered where you... Ron broke off, shrugging. Nothing. I'm going back to bed. Just thought you'd come nosing around, did you? Harry shouted. He knew that Ron had no idea what he'd walked in on. Knew he hadn't done it on purpose, but he didn't care. At this moment, he hated Everything about Ron, right down to the several inches of bare ankles showing beneath his pajama trousers. Sorry about that, said Ron, his face reddening with anger. Should have realized you didn't want to be disturbed. I'll let you get on with practicing your next interview in peace. Harry seized one of the Potter really stinks badges off the table and chucked it as hard as he could across the room. It hit Ron on the forehead and bounced off. There you go, Harry said. Something for you to wear on Tuesday. You might even have a scar now if you're lucky. That's what you want, isn't it? He strode across the room toward the stairs. He half expected Ron to stop him. He would even have liked Ron to throw a punch at him. But Ron just stood there in his two small pajamas, and Harry, having stormed upstairs, lay awake in bed, fuming for a long time afterwards, and didn't hear Ron come up to bed. Chapter 20. The First Task. Harry got up on Sunday morning and dressed so inattentively that it was a while before he realized he was trying to pull his hat onto his foot instead of his sock. When he'd finally got all his clothes on the right parts of his body, he hurried off to find Hermione, locating her at the Gryffindor table in the Great Hall, where she was eating breakfast with Ginny. Feeling too queasy to eat, Harry waited until Hermione had swallowed her last spoonful of porridge, then dragged her out into the grounds for another walk. There, he told her all about the dragons and about everything Sirius had said while they took another long walk around the lake. Alarmed as she was by Sirius's warnings about Karkaroff, Hermione still thought that the dragons were the more pressing problem. Let's just try to keep you alive until Tuesday evening, she said desperately, and then we can worry about Karkaroff. They walked three times around the lake, trying all the way to think of a simple spell that would subdue a dragon. Nothing whatsoever occurred to them, so they retired to the library instead. Here, Harry pulled down every book he could find on dragons, and both of them set to work searching through the large pile. Talon clipping by charms, treating scale rot, 
This is no good. This is for nutters like Hagrid who want to keep them healthy. Dragons are extremely difficult to slay owing to the ancient magic that imbues their thick hides, which none but the most powerful spells can penetrate. But Sirius said a simple one would do it. Let's try some simple spell books then, said Harry, throwing aside men who love dragons too much. He returned to the table with a pile of spell books, set them down, and began to flick through each in turn. Hermione whispering non-stop at his elbow. Well, there are switching spells, but what's the point of switching it? Unless you swapped its fangs for wine gums or something, that would make it less dangerous. Well, the trouble is, like the book said, not much is going to get through a dragon's hide. I'd say transfigure it, but something that big? You really haven't got a hope. I doubt even Professor McGonagall. Unless you're supposed to put a spell on yourself. Maybe to give yourself extra powers, but but they're not simple spells. I mean, we haven't done any of those in class. I, I only know about them because I've been doing owl practice papers. Hermione, Harry said through gritted teeth, will you shut up for a bit, please? I'm trying to concentrate. But all that happened when Hermione fell silent was that Harry's brain filled with a sort of blank buzzing, which didn't seem to allow room for concentration. He stared hopelessly down the index of basic hexes for the busy and vexed, instant scalping, but dragons had no hair, pepper breath, that would probably increase a dragon's firepower, horn tongue, just what he needed to give it an extra weapon. Oh, no, he's back again. Why can't he read on his stupid ship, said Hermione irritably, as Victor Crumb slouched in cast a surly look over at the pair of them and settled himself in a distant corner with a pile of books. Come on, Harry, we'll go back to the common room. His fan club will be here in a moment, twittering away. And sure enough, as they left the library, a gang of girls tiptoed past them into the library, one of them wearing a Bulgarian scarf tied around her waist. Harry barely slept that night. When he awoke on Monday morning, he seriously considered, for the first time ever, just running away from Hogwarts. But as he looked around the great hall at breakfast time and thought about what leaving the castle would mean, he knew he couldn't do it. It was the only place he had ever been happy. Well, he supposed he must have been happy with his parents, too, but he couldn't remember that. Somehow, the knowledge that he would rather be here and facing a dragon than back in Privet Drive with Dudley was good to know. It made him feel slightly calmer. He finished his bacon with difficulty. His throat wasn't working too well. And as he and Hermione got up, he saw Cedric Diggory leaving the Hufflepuff table. Cedric didn't know about the dragons. The only champion who didn't, if Harry was right, in thinking that Maxime and Karkaroff would have told Florent Crumb. Hermione, I'll see you in the greenhouses, Harry said, coming to his decision as he watched Cedric leaving the hall. Go on, I'll catch you up. Harry will be late. The bell's about to ring. I'll catch you up, okay? By the time Harry reached the bottom of the marble staircase, Cedric was at the top. He was with a load of sixth-year friends. Harry didn't want to talk to Cedric in front of them. They were among those who had been quoting Rita Skeeter's article at him every time he went near them. He followed Cedric at a distance and saw that he was heading toward the Charms Corridor. 
This gave Harry an idea. Pausing at a distance from them, he pulled out his wand and took careful aim. Defindo, Cedric's bag split. Parchment, quills, and books spilled out of it onto the floor. Several bottles of ink smashed. Don't bother, said Cedric in an exasperated voice as his friends bent down to help him. Tell Flitwick I'm coming. Go on. This was exactly what Harry had been hoping for. He slipped his wand back into his robes, waited until Cedric's friends had disappeared into their classroom, and hurried up the corridor, which was now empty of everyone but himself and Cedric. Hi, said Cedric, picking up a copy of A Guide to Advanced Transfiguration that was now splattered with ink. My bag just split, brand new and all. Cedric, said Harry, the first task is dragons. What? said Cedric, looking up. Dragons, said Harry, speaking quickly in case Professor Flitwick came out to see where Cedric had got to. They've got four, one for each of us, and we've got to get past them. Cedric stared at him. Harry saw some of the panic he'd been feeling since Saturday night flickering in Cedric's gray eyes. Are you sure? Cedric said in a hushed voice. Dead sure, said Harry. I've seen them. How did you find out? We're not supposed to know. Never mind, said Harry quickly. He knew Hagrid would be in trouble if he told the truth. But I'm not the only one who knows. Florin Crumb will know by now, too. Maxime and Karkaroff both saw the dragons. 